All right, friends, here we are. We're on chapter nine. That's what where we kind of began last class. And this chapter is called The Sovereign Lord of All. And the most beautiful verse of this chapter was the very beginning, where, which is important for us because every chapter, a, a particular context is being set. And here Krishna says, to you, which he's speaking to Arjuna, but as we know, he's not speaking just to Arjuna. To you who have overcome the carping spirit, I now reveal the sublime mystery. Armed with this wisdom, you shall escape all evil. So, of course, we're just like, you know, for most of us, this is just a, achha, achha, thik, ab batao, kya hone <laughs> but the key here is to you who have overcome the carping spirit. That Krishna the divine, your own very consciousness, our guru cannot reveal to us anything until that spirit, that tendency, and we talked about what that means, that carping spirit was, this natural fault-finding, complaining tendency that sets into us. It's, it's just that no matter what's going on, somewhere the mind wants us to perceive the negative. Wants us to be drawn just a little bit below. Oh, yeah, kitna sundar hai, but. You know, it was always that but. Oh, it's such a beautiful day, but. And no matter what, if you watch your thoughts, especially if you watch your words, you'll find that but being dropped in far more often than if I were to just ask you, do you think you're a negative person or do you think you tend your tendency is to complain? On the surface, we'll all think, nah, nah, yeah, I don't think so. I'm, I'm generally really positive and I'm usually very upbeat about things. <laughs> but, and then you'll find that. And Krishna's already kind of laying the groundwork. And fortunately, in this particular case, thankfully, Arjuna has overcome the carping spirit. So Krishna is revealing himself. I mean, you have to think about, when we do think about the Gita, you have to keep opening up the context of the Gita, realizing there are just there are a lot of characters in the Gita, and Arjuna is just one among really a thousand. And the fact that everything is being channeled through Arjuna is, is a key reality here. And so, while we're trying to, of course, lift ourselves up to Krishna's consciousness, we also have to align ourselves to Arjuna's consciousness. And see ki bhai, usko ready, wo ready kaise hua to receive this? How did he even get to the stage where his guru, his divine friend was able to kind of create the context, create the space and begin to share with him? Because it's quite evident ki Arjuna is not understanding everything. He keeps, you know, he has doubts as we talked about it. So the carping spirit has nothing to ha have with doubts because all his doubts are about I want to know more, you know, tell me more, but how about this? How do I open myself more to that reality? Oh, I'm not able to fully meditate. My mind does wander. How do I overcome that? So it's not about doubts, but it's about this natural tendency to always find fault or to complain. So let's first and foremost already, as we said, this is very practical stuff. We want the juicy stuff, ah, Krishna kya bolega, you know, about all these astral realities. But the real gems are hidden in the things that we would otherwise pass over. So now we find ourselves after Krishna begins to reveal and he's the sublime mystery that Krishna wanted to share with Arjuna was the nature of God, both as eternal spirit far removed 
from his very creation, yet individually present in every atom and in every aspect of creation. And that's this almost dichotomy, we can say, almost this contradiction of where am I to look for God? You know, jau ki jau. Do I go beyond creation to find him or do I have to get in creation to find him? And that's what Krishna is addressing specifically. And he gets to the point, this is where we left it. This was verse 13. Great souls, and he's talking about those who have kind of understood this concept, expressing in their human nature the higher qualities of divinity. And this is what, again, we were talking about. Just very practical. We have to bring God's presence. There's not, this is not some sort of a separate magical reality we have to aspire towards. Ah, oh. In my own words, I need to bring God's sweetness. That's, that's both possible and actually quite hard to do. Oh, in my own actions, I'm supposed to okay bring Krishna. All right, that's what's happening here. And so then he says, those who in their human nature bring the higher qualities of divinity, they pay undeviating homage to me. That's what Krishna thinks of as our offering to him, as our homage to him. I, the perishable, imperishable source of all life. So this is where we left it, at that understanding that, okay, in my own everyday nature, what is my nature? Important to understand. And then, how do I bring this higher quality of divinity? Then he says, constantly absorbed in me. Now, this is what it means to be constantly absorbed in God. One hand, we think constantly absorb meditation We have these very narrow understandings of what does it mean to be absorbed in Krishna? What does it mean to be absorbed in God? It means to express Krishna. Only then he's flowing through you. Otherwise, you couldn't be... I was just reading a book of Ramakrishna Paramans yesterday. And he was talking about, you know, something to the effect of just by writing, you know, H2O doesn't give you water. You know, just by writing down whatever the formula for any element is, doesn't actually give you the element. And similarly, just by chanting God's name alone, doesn't mean God's actually flowing through you. But when you express Him, when you say, ah, from my own words, from my own energy, from my own sight, I see Krishna everywhere. I relate to the world as Krishna. I give the world Krishna. That's what that absorption means. Prostrating to me with love. Who is, where is me now? I'm everywhere. Krishna keeps telling us I'm everywhere. But we think, oh, I have to prostrate to Krishna with love. So where is his statue? But he expects us to be prostrating with love to Krishna everywhere. You are Krishna, this is Krishna. I mean, we don't have to keep falling on our, <laughs> tripping over our feet all the time, but that's that consciousness that we have to hold everywhere is Krishna. There's this beautiful story of, um, um, what was the name of the saint who's like, I think there's, there's a crack in this pot. Mm. I don't remember, but tell the story. It doesn't matter so <laughs> much, but um, he's, I think, a Maharashtrian saint, uh, not Tukaram. Anyway, it'll come to me, maybe. But he was this, you know, there was a potter and there was this another, there were these two saints in a village. One was a potter 
and one was more a kind of a devotional guy he'd go into the uh, into the temple he had a very deep relationship with krishna and krishna would come to him every day you know in vision and he'd have these deep experiences with krishna so he of course you know felt that he was just completely united with god in every possible way and this potter who lived in the same village he had another he had his own set of disciples and like a potter you you know jab when they make the matka or anything they make they wrap you know hit it with their knuckles to hear the sound and that's how they know whether it's well done or whether it has some fissures any cracks in it so this potter would kind of go around with his disciples and go knock them on the head and let them know whether there is any crack in the spot so one day in a kind of a religious gathering of sorts this potter kind of was going around and he goes up to this other saint and wraps him on his head and says there's a crack in this spot and then this guy is infuriated because in front of all his disciples he's you know so badly treated and how dare he doesn't he know i see krishna every day so he goes running like we would go mama usne mere ko kya bol diya he goes running to the temple and you know he lets krishna know this is what happened so indignant and krishna says well you know actually he's not he's not wrong there is something still missing in you and this man says what I mean I'm having direct darshan of you <laughs> what, what more could there be and he says no you still have to find your guru and he will give you that final understanding even I can't give it to you and so you know of course being a true devotee as he was even though he had cracks like us he sets out looking for his guru and krishna tells him where more or less he's going to find his this man gives him even a name i think So he goes out to the other village and he's asking people you know have you do you know this person and every person he asked they they would like kind of like it's like really are you looking for this person and they just kind of snicker and almost dismiss him but he kept asking you know and he got this really odd feeling like maybe people don't really like this guy and finally one guy says oh yeah that guy that drunk you'll find him in the, you'll find him in the temple he just sleeps there all day and so this guy is getting even more like ye kaun banda hai and he gets there and he sees this man this a drunk man disheveled you know almost looking like a homeless hobo and he's sleeping in the temple and his feet are on the idol i think it was a shivling perhaps in you know right there his and he gets so upset this guy and he's like how dare you wake him up and how dare you your feet are touching god and this man says you know i'm just too tired i'm just too drunk <laughs> just can you just move my feet to where there is no idol where there is no god and the guy moves his feet and pop pops another idol there <laughs> he moves it pops another and no matter where he moved his feet and he realizes oh oh this guy is my guru and that was the final realization this man needed which was god is everywhere because he just thought ki temple mein jaake mera ek direct connection hai is murti ke sath and and then that was his understanding and that's how we think of god no kind of trapped oh it's only in this way only in the saints only in those who speak a certain way or look a certain way but krishna really wants us to realize this bhai i am everywhere where are you not going to prostrate to me where are you not going to be absorbed in me if i am just all around you all the time steadfastly resolute in their high aspirations they worship me with unceasing adoration and that's where we want to be that unceasing adoration for god for krishna for whatever form you want to call it everywhere 
all the time. Lesser beings, no? this might relate more to us. Let's see what we have Lesser beings also offering me themselves with clear discrimination. So, okay. Lesser beings, matlab, hamara kya? as we were talking now for this from this guy's previous con, uh, you know, context. We're lesser beings and we need clear discrimination. Okay, this person's consciousness is elevated. So, okay, I'll go to him. You know, this A place, the vibrations are really high. Okay, I'll go to him. So, we, we need clear discrimination. So, lesser beings offering me themselves with clear discrimination discern me first in the manifested many. So, they have to find me in manifestation in a very specific way. So, temple me. Ashram mein, is sadhu ke yaan, is saint ke yaan, this person who I know. So, of course, that's also needed. We can't just be like, ah, God's everywhere. So, let me go to the bar and let me drink a big cup of, you know, glass of God. So, little discrimination doesn't help. But then they discern me first in the manifested many and only then as the one behind the many. So, dheere dheere. Again, Krishna is always giving us step one, but then also, step one is too much, so step two se shuru kar. This is verse 16. I am the sacrificial ritual. I am the sacrifice itself. I am the oblations offered to the ancestors. I am the medicinal herb. I am the sacred mantras. I am the ghee which is offered in ritual worship. I am also the fire and the very act of offering. So it's like, in case you're confused, if you don't understand what everything means, if you haven't quite understood that I am everywhere, let me just spell it out for you as specifically as I can. And of course, he's using the visual image of the havan, of the rituals that are practiced, because that's the, you know, at least in our minds, that's like our most focused, concentrated way that we reach out to God, you know, kuch offer kar rahe, kuch rahe, haal, you know, aag jal rahe, mantras jap rahe, you know, it's like pura set is divine. So he's like, okay, if we take that setting, I am not just, you know, the person you are praying to. I'm the fire. I'm the very ritual itself. I'm everybody who's present. I'm the ghee that you're offering. I'm the mantras that you are japoing. I am it all. Now for us, we are not doing these rituals, which Krishna himself says doesn't necessarily bring you any closer to me. But what are our daily rituals? I mean, we have daily rituals, don't we? Brushing our teeth, you know, going to work, loving our family. I mean, what are our daily rituals? Talking to our friends. If I were to break those rituals down and just apply the same thing, I am the very ritual. I am the very act of brushing your teeth. I am the sacrifice itself. I am the toothpaste. <laughs> you know, what do we sacrifice in our rituals? We sacrifice our time. We sacrifice our energy. What is it that we're offering in any ritual? We're offering ourselves, aren't we? When I'm with a friend and I'm talking to them, I'm giving them a part of me. I'm giving them my attention, my consciousness, my awareness, my time and energy. And that is also Krishna. So, this is the discernment that Krishna is asking for us to have. This is the discrimination of the lesser being. Dheere dheere, he needs to feel this. It won't come in some one shot of, Oh, wow, I know everything is Krishna. It will come with, first let's focus on, okay, 
you know, this toothpaste I'm about to put into my mouth. Can I really tune into Krishna in this? Oh, oh, this movement is also Krishna. Ah, the toothbrush is also Krishna. Ah, you know, the water I'm going to rinse my mouth with is also. I mean, dheere, dheere, dheere. But it's important to realize because sometimes we say these words like everything and he's infinite and he's everywhere. And it's just, it's still too vague for us. Ah, he's everywhere, but of course he's not in this person I dislike. You know, of course, he's not in... You know, he's not, somebody once got really offended. I can't remember where it was because they saw a photograph of God or something in, in somebody's bathroom. And they were really offended. Oh, you know, how dare they? And this is so disrespectful. Like, he's like, is God not there when you go to the bathroom? I mean, what, what is it that suddenly he just says, you know, he's everywhere. So the disrespect that we're feeling is just because we haven't learned to fully respect God in everything. Because we've created these kind of separations and distinctions. So of course, And until that time, we will always be separate from Krishna. And that's what he's trying to help Arjuna see. Then he goes on and he says, you know, in case we haven't still understood. Of this world, I am the father, the mother, forefather, preserver. I am he who sanctifies. I am the object of all knowledge. I am the cosmic Om. I am the lore of the three Vedas. The three Vedas because up till that time, the Atharva Ved was not yet added to the four. So this was just when the Rig, Yajur and Sam Ved. I am the ultimate goal. The upholder, the Lord, the witness, the abode, the refuge, the one friend. I love that one. The one friend. I am the origin, the dissolution, the foundation, the cosmic storehouse, the imperishable seed. I bestow heat. I send or withhold rain. Immortality am I and mortality as well. I am both being and non-being, which is truth and non-truth, sat and asat. I am sat also, I am asat also. I mean, I'm ignorance and I'm enlightenment. <laughs> so let's just stop here for a moment. Of course, we don't need to, you know, we don't need to break this down. This is so obvious. Again, just Krishna saying, Ki bhai, you know, where is it that you think I am not in your life? And again and again, Krishna keeps bringing out these dual realities, right? I'm truth also and I'm delusion also. And for someone like us, we might think, hey, if he's both, so then what difference does it make? Which direction I go in? And the only difference in one direction or the other is how easily we perceive Krishna or God. He's more perceivable when we move towards truth. He becomes less perceivable. It's not that he's not there, but we need to know truth before we can see him there as well. So that's the only reason we choose in a world of good and bad. Why would we choose good when, according to the scriptures, according to Krishna himself, good and bad are equal in his eyes and non-existent, essentially. And the only reason we will choose good, in this case, what does the good mean? The only reason we choose that upward current 
is because it becomes easier to truly perceive God behind it. The Om vibration becomes more subtle and the veils of Om become more translucent as we move up and they become heavier and they become more opaque as we move down and that's the only reason but even when you get to absolute goodness you have to let that go because God's even beyond that verse 20 those who follow the Vedic or other rituals cleansing themselves by the by the Soma rites or worshipping me by the prescribed yagyas, doing all these to win heaven, succeed in going there, and may attain the realm of Indra, the lord of the gods, where they enjoy the delights of heaven. After enjoying those lofty regions for a time, and when the merits they have acquired that have brought them there have been exhausted, they return to earth by following the scriptural regulations in their desire for celestial rewards they endlessly repeat the cycle of ascent and return so again krishna talks about hey, if you want me i'm actually beyond all of this if you just want i mean what are the celestial rewards we look for you know we're looking for pleasure we're looking for ease, we're looking for comfort, we're looking for power, we're looking for recognition, we're looking for, I mean, you know, we all know it's a long list, but it's a very common list. <laughs> you, you, all you have to do is ask your neighbor, and you'll see they're all looking for the exact same thing. But as long as we're only looking for that and that, those are our gods, you see. Those are the gods that we aspire to. Later on, Krishna talks about if you worship this god, you go to him, if you worship them, and who do we worship? This is what we worship. Because worship means, you know, who do we think is worthy? The word worship comes from worth-ship. That who we think is worthy of our adoration and our time and our energy. And who do we think is worthy of our time? You know, ourselves mostly. And then money and then those other things that we kind of think will cover and complete ourselves most beautifully. So. As long as we stay in that realm, and even if we do great things, amazing things, but even if those amazing things are only about this world, and this is about people who are doing fabulous things, let's save the rainforests and let's, you know, save the whales and let's go and, you know, clean green energy and, I mean, all those are amazing, amazing things, absolutely must be done because on the path to good, God is more perceptible than not. So you have to pass through that. But if you stay there all the time, and if you get all riled up, and we get more agitated because nobody's saving the whales, and we get more upset at all those people who aren't interested in the whales as we are, that's when, you know, it's like that ascent becomes descent. So while the merit that we gain from these wonderful things draws upward, by the very fact that they are still dual, anything up returns back down. And that is what Krishna says. They endlessly repeat the cycle of ascent and return. Ascent and return. And here we are going to Ascent, return, ascent, return. Inhale, exhale, inhale, exhale. Life, death. 
again and again. That's why we want to get into the Shushubna where no duality exists, which is in fact beyond. But again, remember, comes through the pathway of the highest good. So don't think you can kind of say, yeah, I don't need to be good then. You know, I don't need to worry about the earth and I don't need to worry about other people's feelings. But it's through that. But it's beyond that. Don't stop there either. To those who meditate on me as their very own, their hearts ever united to me by incessant inward worship, I supply their deficiencies and make permanent their gains. This was one of the most powerful verses for me. I supply their deficiencies and make permanent their gains. Isn't that what we're just, this is life, right? We're just trying to fill up our deficiencies and what we permanent How tightly can I keep that? And those things that I don't have, which is what health, you know, love from the people around me. Money. Money, of course. I mean, just again, same list. Nothing has changed. But that's the game, isn't it? Like, And for this, we go through everything. I mean, you know, there's so many bypaths even on the spiritual path. Like, it's like, okay, I'm going to get it through. I, I, I want perfect health. So I'm going to get into all these healing modalities. And I'm going to get into all these, you know, ways of uh, diets and things. And oh, now I want, you know, I want a great wealth. I want to live in the law of abundance. Now I'm just so that it sounds spiritual. I want to live in the law of abundance, which are true laws. But you know, I mean, why hide the fact that you're just being greedy <laughs> behind these things sometimes? So I, I'm going to throw a lot of affirmations out there and I'm going to... All within the realm of actually working. But Krishna is saying, Bhai, if you come to me, I'll just... I'll supply all your deficiencies and I'll make permanent all your gains. Why so many bypaths? Why are you so confused with like, let me first get the right health. Let me first find the right partner. Oh, when I'm just completely secure and my savings bank is as it should be, then let me, you know, then I want to completely dedicate. I mean, this was, this is such a common thing. Igbar, just all my worldly desires, you know, once I fulfill them, then I just want to completely dedicate myself. It's like, is there any end to worldly desire? I mean, when have you seen somebody just saying, Nobody does it. Nobody can do it. Worldly desire begets worldly desires. And on and on and on it goes. And so Krishna is like really trying to just tell us, why are you getting so confused? When I'm ready to supply you. Here he is telling Arjuna, hey, yeah, I'll give you whatever, of course. It's not even like Arjuna is the strongest warrior now anymore. You've got Karna and you've got all these other guys there. It's like, but I'll supply your deficiencies. And whatever you do have, I'll make that even stronger. But what does it require? To those who meditate on me as their very own, their hearts ever united to me by incessant inner worship, to them I supply it. <laughs> but that's the direction we should all be going for. Yes, you can get all these other things just right. But what's the point? 
just goes on and on and on and on. Eventually, all of us will come back to verse 22 until we realize that God alone. And that's all there is. And that's what Krishna is kind of, you know, that's a beautiful place, in fact, to pause or... You, can keep going. you want to keep going? I think you still have at least a few more minutes. <laughs> few more minutes. Okay. From this angle, it was, I'm a few minutes ahead. All right, let's keep going. So, he will supply us, and that's an important thing. Verse 23. O son of Kunti, Arjuna, even the devotees of other gods, if they sacrifice to them with faith, are worshipping me alone, however improperly. So, who are the other gods as we talked about? Okay, even if you're looking for money, who will marry you? Even if you're looking for some sort of, you know, understanding that some relationship or some, you know, ultimate love will fulfill you, who will marry you? However, improperly. Again, what that means, which is very important for us to realize, is getting to God is a directional flow. None of us can just cut this energy that we've been putting out and just decide one day to the next now suddenly I'm somebody else entirely. And we have to learn that in a directional flow, how do I utilize my natural, this is what he said before, right? Their very human nature, if they can bring in divine qualities, there then I am with them. So now I have to understand, okay, if I do, I do want money. And, you know, as much as even we would say we don't want money just to keep this place going, we're just like, we do need money. But, alright, if that's also Krishna, what will the money be used for? What means will I use? In that nature that is already given to us, how do I bring divine qualities? What are the divine qualities? The divine qualities are how I will use the money. Okay, let me use it for service and nothing personal. Alright, how am I going to gain the money? Let me gain the money in the absolute highest way by through pure magnetism, by putting out the right kind of energy. And so that becomes just the means. That's how we purify until when finally comes, then it doesn't mean much. And then you don't, it doesn't bind you. And that's the way we're going to move forward. Same for a relationship, same for, you know, some sort of sense of power or fame or recognition or, you know, all those things. So just start moving in that direction, knowing that, maybe, and that's the consciousness we need to develop. Because we're not going to overcome our desires like that. And we're not going to, it's not going to work if we suppress our desires. I don't want anything, but... So, we just have to use, because even in that, however improperly, I'm still worshipping Krishna, if I become aware of it. And the key word here is, if they sacrifice to them, and I love the word sacrifice, because sacrifice means, If devotees of other gods sacrifice to them with faith they are worshipping me alone however improperly so if you bring faith in and you can be worshipping to Ganesh because you want him to you know get rid of all those obstacles so that you can you know get the project that you're looking for or that next interview that you have whatever it is 
Okay, even if you're doing that with that intention, know that Krishna is behind it, even in there. For I alone am in truth the enjoyer and the Lord of all sacrifices. Means, tum kuch bhi do. Here's the sacrifice is a key word here. It means having to give. I mean, when, when you hear the word sacrifice, kya, what comes to our mind? That it's not easy. Dard hoega thoda so that sacrifice is a key word here, which means until we don't give, there is nothing that we're going to be able to receive in any situation. So that sacrifice is key. Anybody willing to make any kind of sacrifice, which means get out of their comfort zone, put out more than they think they have, give more of their attention, put out more concentration than you've done before. All of these are sacrifices. Listen to a friend who was otherwise extremely boring. <laughs> All these are sacrifices. Because in truth, I am the enjoyer and the Lord of all sacrifices. Those, however, who worship me in lesser aspects, perceive me not in my true nature. And so eventually they fall. And again, Krishna just comes back to that one truth. And it's important for us. I was just talking, thinking about this whole giving, receiving concept. And we've become such merchants. I think our, our lifestyle, our consumer lifestyle, has somehow made us feel that we Like, we go to a shop, no? I feel like, we all take so somehow we've just got this key, Acha, you give me first and then I will offer to you whatever, you know. And that's a very, that's like, that's just not how it's going to happen. It may seem like that happens sometimes, you know, and so we get kind of comfortable in that way. Sometimes when we have these moments where people come and offer, you can feel just vibrationally who's actually offering and who's actually asking. And there's just two different realities. But the main concept of why we're going to God is, I have something I want from Him. And that's something we have to really shift in our awareness. The sacrifice, this offering, again and again, Krishna uses these words to kind of drill into us this thing. You know, think of God as, as we're going to God's um, convenience store, <laughs> grocery store, you know, which is, has everything in it. And most people are just filling up their little trolleys and, you know, and then going there and then saying, Achai, iska kitna hua? and giving it. And a true devotee takes nothing from that store and just goes up to the cashier and just says, I, I want you. And that's what it's going to take for all of us. And the good news is that we can get through it from every aisle. We have to pass through all the aisles. You know how these malls are designed. Ki har ke dekhna Life is also designed that way. Ki har but as long as you know where it is that you want to go and the less stuff and baggage we kind of carry with us, the easier it becomes. But, you know, who's going to? It is what it is and we have to make the best of it. But at least we have the guiding words of the saints, of the masters of Krishna himself and hopefully that inspiration alone helps us let go of some of the kind of easier things in the beginning to start letting go of. 
I particularly enjoyed today that stanza where Krishna uh, says, I am in this, I am in that, I'm the father, I'm the mother, I'm the son, I'm in all things. And in a sense, Krishna is giving us almost like an affirmation, I am whatever, that we should practice. And when Krishna, in a sense, tells Arjuna, Arjuna, be thou a yogi, he's basically saying, practice yoga, which means practice unity. And when Krishna, by one side, is saying, I am that, and also telling Arjuna, practice that consciousness of unity, we can see that for many of us, the greatest obstacle is to feel, you, to feel ourselves united with people. There is something about that exchange of energy that we really can't break that bridge. So I would say what, what I felt inspired today to practice for the next week is to use that consciousness of unity and the affirmation that Krishna himself used to describe, to describe himself. I am in everything. So I'm going to suggest this for me, for you, and see if, some, if this is something that you would like to very consciously and constantly practice. Every time you see a person, or the person that is next to you, or whenever you are in a group of, with people, mentally affirm or tell to that person, I am in you. I am you. I am I'm in you. And this is something that will help us to expand our awareness and start developing that consciousness of unity that we must develop in order to make spiritual progresses. We will never be able to perceive God only in a murti, only in the temple, if we cannot see Krishna in absolutely everyone. So I would say, why don't we start by practicing that affirmation, but with other people? I am in you. I am you. And that will start helping us to sympathize more with people, to, to, to help us to understand them from their center, who they truly are and create a bridge and that sense of unity that will ultimately bring us to the awareness that Krishna is indeed within them. And if we don't learn to love Krishna in them, I think we are in trouble. <laughs> that means that we still have a long way to go. So start with your husband, Start with your wife, 
with your children, with your enemies, with those people that you don't like much, and start now perceiving them with different eyes. I am in you. I am you. You are in me. I am. Krishna is in you. And I think this will be a wonderful and very powerful practice that you will see uh, by the end of this week, perhaps your perception um, with people and to develop that sense of unity that we are trying to achieve on the spiritual path. 